Yay! Good morning. Aaron, you know, start right off the bat here, just so you know. I know he said I would be talking about certain things, but I feel like that's unfair that he would just tell me what I have to talk about. And so I, so Sunday, like last Sunday night, we were laying in bed, and he, he's so funny. He had all of his notes out on his, like, Evernote app, and he's, like, going through everything. And then here he had, like, kind of, like, edited it a little bit and basically had it all laid out for me. And he just thought it was the best thing ever. He's like, look, then you can go into this, and then make sure you go into this, and then you can talk about this. And I'm like, 3% listening because I can't do that. I can't just go off of his notes. And I know, he knew that. I told him that. But I'm just saying, I learned first service that he had way too many notes. I tried to take some of his stuff. I didn't even make it to my last page. So all I did was take some of his stuff Make sure I hit on some main things and then tied what's on my heart that the Lord spoke to me that goes along with this. And so you're going to blend of both of us. And so um, anyways, it's going to be fun. But um, let's start by kind of just recapping kind of the series that we've been in. Um, and, I'll talk, and I'll go quickly with it. It's just this idea of family, the family series, this, um, you know, why do we have to spend so much time on it? Because most likely, your definition of family is has been perverted in some way or um, is not what God intended for it to be. And so what you think of when I say family probably has some dysfunction in it. As when I think of, of family, there's some dysfunction that pops into my mind. And so we have to take the time to clearly identify and define what family was intended to be when God created family, right? He created the family in the garden. There was Adam and Eve, God himself, him, and the, uh, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit operate as family. And so those are our, those are the things that we look at to guide us as to what family is. Honor, love, truth, trustworthy, open. We share our hearts. We, we confront things, all that. So there's the recap for family. Um, and when, what we've also been doing is having people share some things about Upper Room because we're really leaning in to the idea of, of the church family. And uh, in my opinion, if you're going to decide to join a church, you're deciding to join a family. And it is not an... Well, I don't know what other churches might look like for you, but here, you, it's really going to be difficult for you just to pop in and out and just be flippant right? Because we, we don't, we don't roll like that. Like when you're in, you're in, oh, your family, what's going on in your life? What was your problem? What happened here? We want to know because we've walked through stuff and we want to help guide you as we've already walked through things. We can share our hearts, our stories. You can share your heart, your story. We rely on each other. We don't talk about each other behind their back. That's not family. I'm going to say it again. We don't talk about each other behind their back. We don't complain. We don't say, that message sucked. I don't like that church. Like, no. You're entitled to your opinion, but you're not. What did, oh, should I say what person? <laughs> you know what Penn said, right? You're entitled to your opinion, but you're not entitled to your own facts. Okay, so you're entitled to your opinion, but what you think does not get to infiltrate other people, right? So, so here, we're going after healthy relationship, healthy family covenant. Covenant means once I've said I'm in, I'm in. And I'm not walking out just because I got mad. And press in. All right, that's a tangent. So anyways, 
Bert and Lisa did an incredible family video for us, so we get to watch it. Um, I watched it already. I usually don't, but I felt like I felt like the Lord told me to watch it yesterday, and so I could pull some things from what they said that goes right along with this. So, anyways, enjoy. Bert and Lisa Scott and we have been attending the upper room for a little over seven years and my favorite thing about the upper room is how we honor and have camped around camped out around the presence of the Lord and it doesn't matter what we're doing whether it's a conference or worship or an outreach or home group that's our focus that's what we're most passionate about my favorite thing about Upper Room is that people really care and love you where you're at. Uh, there's a real sense of family, and it just really feels like the body of Christ in everything that we do. Uh, so the greatest family benefit that I feel like we have here at Upper Room is that we can count on each other. Uh, we do life together. Uh, we help each other, we pray together, we um, hang out together. Uh, there's things that uh, guys do, like man up. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I like hanging out with the worship team, doing worship uh, each week. And it's just really nice to ha know that there, I have an extended family that cares about me and is looking out for me, and we're all on the same page spiritually. And for me... Uh, the very first time I came here, Aaron was being installed as the pastor, and I think out the gate he was teaching on the orphan spirit versus the spirit of adoption, and that has revolutionized my life cause, because that orphan spirit had permeated so much of my life, and realizing that I am a daughter of the, of the Most High God and exchanging the lies that the enemy was giving me for the truth of God, it, it just, it, it's changed my life completely and brought so much freedom. For me, the most challenging thing about being here at the Upper Room has been uh, our congregation, our body is very authentic and that was the biggest thing we noticed when we came here was the authenticity. and being vulnerable to that authenticity has been stretching. I'm an introvert and it takes courage to welcome people, you know, into um, greater intimacy and to even step out and give people a word of knowledge or encouragement, but it's so worth it to do that. And if you're going to have friends, you got to be a friend and um, become part of that body. Well, for me, some of the one of the challenging things of being a part of the Upper Room family was having to kind of undo some things that I had come to believe in the past is that if you have disagreements, that you have to find a new church. And from, from day one, we felt like people didn't have that attitude here, uh, that you can have disagreements and still have that heart connection. And people really pursue those heart connections here. And 
you can disagree with somebody and not feel like you're not loved, not feel like you're not valued or not honored. People want that heart connection just because we may disagree on something. So what, what I've seen is the greatest thing that's transformed in my life since I've been in Upper Room is really knowing that I can trust and love people while I'm here, uh, that I know people have my back, that I can give people the benefit of the doubt that I don't feel like people are backstabbing or things like that and gossiping. Um, I feel like, you know, what the Bible says about you reap what you sow, and I feel like I'm sowing love and I'm sowing trust, and I get that in return. And it, it just has really helped me over the years kind of look at church in a different way, and I just really feel like that's such a big difference here at Upper Room. And for me, I think a lot of religion and old church wounds were stripped away and were, were healed, and that led to and leads to a more intimate walk with the Lord, uh, a more legitimate and authentic walk with the Lord. Um, the whole orphan versus uh, legitimate child of the, of the Most High God. And um, in, in being that authentic, it allows your giftings and passions to come to the surface. And I've never been in a church where the pastors and leadership were so willing to see you run with that. Um, I'm in Sozo ministry, and when we were, when I was asked to uh, participate in that, it just made my heart sing to be able to help other people get free. And with every session that I sit in, I learn something. They, the, somebody that's sitting before me wanting to get free has a measure, or has a truth about the Lord that I don't have yet. And I learn and grow from that as I take that in. And it just makes my walk with the Lord more intimate and makes me follow hard after him. Well, that's a little bit about us, Upper Room. We uh, typically go to the 9 and the 11. just depends on what's going on that week. Uh, we'd love to connect with you, and so reach out, and we'll say hi. Woo! Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, they, they talked a lot about fam the, the church family, obviously, and that's kind of what Aaron hit on last week was just being grafted into the family and grafted into... Christ grafted in what that means when we become a part of the family of God and what benefits come from that as well as paralleling what happens when you graft into a church family the benefits that are part of that family you get to enjoy as well and so that's Bert and Lisa are hitting on a ton of those things like I loved when Lisa mentioned how like she was invited to be on the Sozo team it made her heart sing because when you graft yourself into a family of people who are pursuing the same thing, the, the, the things that are being unlocked, you get to be unlocked within you. And so because she chose to dig deep roots in the upper room, now there's a benefit that comes from that, and that is fulfilling and walking out purpose and destiny in her life that God had for her. And so um, Aaron kind of touched on all of that last week with being grafted in. And like Steve, when Steve Bowen said, you bloom where you're planted. So wherever you're planted, you're blooming, right? It's time to grow roots, time to root in, make a commitment, blah, 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 blah. And even in dry seasons, roots will dig deep 
and deeper and deeper because they're trying to get to some water. So no matter what season you're in, no matter if you're at church, you're at, let's say upper room, let's just, we're talking about upper, we're here, let's talk about it. And you're here and you're all mad and it feels dry and you come Sunday after Sunday. Well, if you've already decided that this is home, then you have a responsibility to dig deep until you can, until you can access and connect with what God is doing. And that's what roots do. They just go deep in dry seasons. In our country right now, I mean, through since March, I don't know about you, but there's been times when I felt like I can't, I'm dry, this seems pointless, but we dig deep. And we have, as a, as a family here, we have went deep on, on a, when we've been together and different groups are going deep and all these things. So that's all benefits of being grafted into the family. Um, okay, so today... Um, we've talked about the tree and the roots a little bit, and I really want to focus more on the fruit, the fruit that comes, the fruit that's displayed from a healthy tree that's gone deep in its roots. What fruit comes from that? What fruit um, is displayed? And so the why, I, I, I feel like whenever I'm listening to something, I need to know the why before I can really receive anything that's being said. I don't know if you're like this, but here's the why. Why do we want to have fruit that will last? Why do we want, when I say that, I'm like, okay, if you look at a tree and a tree has beautiful apples, it's an apple tree, it's got beautiful apples, you know that's a healthy tree. I want to be healthy. I don't know about you, but I want to be healthy in my heart. I want to be healthy in my mind. I want to have healthy relationships. I want my kids to be healthy. I want there to be health flowing from me. And when that happens, the things that are displayed from my life are good. They're of God. They're, they're biblical. They're of the Lord. And so the why behind all of that is John 15, 16. It says, Jesus says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. That's the command. He chose us so that we would bear fruit. That's the goal. But why? Now we got to take it a step further. Why? Because number one, I, I want to be in heaven with him. Like that's my heart. I want to be with my father. I want, I want my kids to walk in the fullness of the Lord. I want them to experience the purpose and destiny that God's put on their life. I want people that I come in contact to feel the Lord when I speak to them. Even if in my smile, I want, I want to see souls saved. I want to see the kingdom advance. What is God doing on earth? It comes from those of us who are displaying the fruit of him. That's how the kingdom is advancing. Okay, so a life of purpose and destiny. This is what comes as we graft into a healthy tree. And then if we parallel that to the benefits of being grafted in to Christ, right? Now, how do we know what healthy fruit looks like as we're grafted into Christ? Well, we can refer to Galatians 5 that talks about all the fruits of the Spirit, okay? Let me, I'm going to hop there real fast. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Okay, so those are the benefits of being grafted into Christ amongst everything else that flows from that. I, I, don't, I don't want to just survive. And I almost feel like today that we're just kind of like maybe in the room feeling a little bit of survival mode. No. The benefits that come from being grafted into Christ is I am thriving 
I am not surviving, I am thriving. I see the goodness of God in our land. I see it in here. I see people's marriages healed. I see kids, sons and daughters, prodigals coming back to the Father, all of these things. So we're hope-filled. Now, here's some benefits. In trees that are grafted in, they produce fruit quicker, okay? Also, a tree or a tree that's grown from seed may take eight to 10 years to produce fruit, but a grafted tree will only take two to four. Okay, now talking about tree, parallel it to when we're grafted into Christ and the Holy Spirit in us. Improved taste and size of the fruit, that's for the tree. I, I thought of it like this, for us, the things that are produced in our life as we're grafted into Christ are of quality. It's not just, oh, that was good for an instant. No, it's quality. People are impacted. Things are changed. Heaven comes. Miracles, signs, wonders, love, favor, blessing, all of that. It's quality and it's truth. It's the real deal. I could walk out the doors and I could find a whole lot of people that look real, real good in my face. But what's the truth? What's the quality? What's really going on? And so when people are searching for a savior, they have a lot of people that look real good and a real lot of nice people. But really the difference between them and us is that we are abiding with Christ. He is in us and there's something different and it's quality and it's truth and it's fruit that lasts. Now I might still have a mess going on on the inside, but my source is hope. My source is truth, and my source is quality. So there's the difference. Now, something else. Um, grafted trees bear fruit for many years. And when I read that, I instantly thought generational. As we graft into Christ, as we are aligned with him, and even grafting into a church family, there's something that's generational. Something continues through our kids and our kids' kids and on and on and on and on generations to come. That's the goal. I don't want to just do all of this, be dead, and then my kids are out. They don't even know what to do. They don't know who to believe. They don't know what to, I mean, no, no, it's generational. And that's being grafted in with Christ. And I fully believe grafting into to a, a group of people that are pursuing the presence and the truth and the wholeness of the Lord. Okay, la- next thing. Uh, grafted trees are disease resistant and grow in greater adverse conditions. I was like, oh, it goes back to what Mike had brought to my attention about the roots that go deep even in the dry season. Because we're grafted in in Christ and he is our source when it's dry, when we're in adverse situations, when we're having to have confrontation, guess what? We, we can thrive. We can thrive in adverse conditions. And I love that when um, Bert and Lisa, I think it was Bert maybe, that referred to that in the video when he said, like, well, Lisa said one of the most stretching things or challenging things was being vulnerable to authenticity. Did you capture that? Like, being vulnerable, like, allowing yourself to really receive someone else's realness. And, And that that all goes together in adverse conditions. I mean, I'm sure that there were times and they were like, "Uh uh-uh, no, that's not how it's going to go. And instead of just saying, see ya, they became vulnerable in an adverse situation to receive the authenticity and what the Lord was trying to use to speak through people. And I I laughed about this earlier, but I'm sorry. I, I don't know about you, but I cannot stand confrontation. I would like 
just to be honest, I would rather just be like, hey, everything is fine, and I'll just keep going, rather than really address something that's hurt me, bothered me, something that just needs to be addressed. But I have learned through Josh, through the Lord, see, this is a benefit of being grafted into the family, that the value that comes from an adverse situation the confrontation as you address it, the growth that comes from this, the freedom that I feel, gosh, you just, you, you walk in wholeness. And this is part of what comes from as a benefit of being grafted in. All right. So we know that one of the keys is just staying grafted in Christ. So I want to read John 15. This is kind of like the heart of it all. And that is Jesus talking about himself being the vine. So he says, John 15, 1, it says, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that does not produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Which when I was reading that, I was like, wait, what? And it's like the messages that had been spoken and what Jesus had already said was already coming in and like pruning and purifying. Verse 4. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit, even if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. And so, how do we stay as grafted into Christ? How, how do we stay in alignment? How do we get to benefit from all of that? We remain in Christ. Period. That's the answer. Remaining in Christ, abiding in him. Abide means to remain stable or fixed in a state of love, staying connected to the source. Whatever your source is, is what will be displayed out of you. So whatever your source is or whoever your source is, that is what will come and be displayed off of you, okay? So just, just so you know, you're going to be doing some self-evaluation today if you so choose. I don't think we should talk about this and not evaluate our heart or evaluate like what fruit is being displayed in our life. And so that's what we're going to do. But then in verse 5 it says, Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit for apart from me... You can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. So, being grafted to the Father through the Holy Spirit as we remain in Him. It is Christ in me, he is the one that is the producer of the fruit, right? So we're in line with him. He's the one that produces those things in me, but I get to display it, okay? So think. I want you to think about that. It's Christ in me that's producing that. As I'm abiding with him, as I'm aligned with him, as I'm hearing what he's saying, as I'm worshiping, as I'm in my word, as I'm surrounding myself with people that are pouring truth into my life, it's those things are being produced in me, and then I get to be the one that displays it, okay? I think that was like a revelation I had as I was studying this out. I was like, shoot, I need to work harder. I need to, maybe I need to do more of this so that I can produce this, but no, Christ in me is who's the one doing all that. He's the one doing all that in me, and then it just is displayed out of me and for others to see. So I need to ask myself, what type of fruit am I displaying? Okay, now, here's the disclaimer is this. We are not perfect, right? You could find the most 
whoever you might think is the most spiritual person in the world, like in your life, you're like, that's the most spiritual person. I don't think they ever do anything wrong and they're always hearing the Lord. And there are, they, they got, you know, they mess up, right? So I'm not talking about, oh, like that was a bad day, which my day yesterday, I did have, I didn't melt down. I had a spaz out. One of the kids, just she just wouldn't stop crying, Hadassah. And I was just like, Bleh! I just, I lost it. It, it, yes, and then I apologized. I'm not saying situations that happen. We all are flesh, right? I'm talking about what overall, if I evaluate myself, what fruit am I displaying when I'm driving? All the all these things. Just overall, what fruit is being displayed? I I want to be able to look at my kids, and I want to see Christ displaying out of them. And I, I do take that at, as a fruit of my life. Like, I want to see that displayed. Now, are they going to be perfect? No. But what I'm saying is, like, what am I displaying? Am I displaying Christ? And then what we do is we, we look at our heart. We look at our mind. We think, what thoughts am I constantly thinking? Because that is also how we would display Christ, the thoughts that we think, because that becomes the things that we say. What words are we saying? Um, what does my marriage look like? What is my, what do my relationships look like? My children, what, what am I displaying at work? What are my coworkers? How, how are they receiving the things? What, what are they seeing of me? What kind of a display am I for them? Um, and you know, it's not a stress, it's a joy. It's a joy. And it's life, hashtag life goals. I want to display Christ in all that I do. Um, all right, so did you ask yourself the question? Are you thinking about this? Yes. I think if we're truthful, we would all say that there are some things that are a little bit off, and I want to continue to better that or to change that or shift that. And I was asking the Lord, like, what is it that causes us to, to maybe not display some of the fruit that he has? And the first thing that immediately came to me was the dis disconnect from the source. I think that could be the thing that like solves all the problems. When we're disconnected from the source, he's the source. When we're disconnected, things look differently. The things that are displayed are not of him. So yes, we have to abide and remain in him. Uh, number two, and this is really where I wanna land today, is like this idea of well, I, I just, what kept coming to me was just this red alert, okay? The influencers, which are the people or the things that we're reading or the things that we're watching that we have allowed to maybe become our source. And so that is the influence of us, of those around us, the red alerts. They try to come in um, or we allow them in. Like sometimes we might think that that person is really good for me. I had this relationship where I felt like that, Every time we were together, I felt like it was a really good relationship. I'd walk away, and I'd feel like, man, that was really good. And then, it, like, about a year into it, I was like, I had to take a step back because there were some things that were being displayed from me, and I was like, something's off. And I had to take a step back and realize that I was allowing some things to come in and influence me and almost become the source for some of the things that I was working through and dealing with. And, and sometimes it's people that we just allow in that um, are not aligned with Christ. And so, again, it goes back to when we align ourselves with Christ, we would easily recognize when things are coming in, people are coming in, books, um, the news, <laughs> whatever it is that's coming in that's influencing us in the wrong way. Um, so when Bert said that he 
he dug, what did he say? He sowed in uh, love and trust, you know? He decided, okay, I'm gonna sow in love and trust. I'm gonna dig deep roots. And then, I, and then he said, and I received love and trust in return. And that's, to me, when he said that, it made me think, okay, this is the value of the family of God. And this is why these people get to be the people in my life who get to influence me. These are the ones who are running with me. I like how he said, um, somebody that, he said, we were all on the same spiritual page. And I just wanna, I wanna clarify what he means by that. That doesn't mean that, that like Bird's been walking with the Lord for a lot longer than, than me. So when he says we're all on the same spiritual page, what he means is we're all pursuing God at our pace and, and wherever he's at, he might be here and I might be here, that's okay, but I'm surrounding myself with people who are pursuing him and going after his heart. And that is a benefit of it. And so those are the type of people that I need to surround myself with. The ones who are pursuing the same things, going after the same things, have a high value for the same type of things. Does that mean that we put ourselves in a teeny tiny bubble? Yes and no. Because I don't want to just get only allow people in my life who only think the way I think and do what I do and say what I say and eat how I eat and exercise how I exercise. No, I just want to make sure the people that I'm surrounding myself with are pursuing Christ and understand the value of abiding in Him. And then I, I like it when I'm challenged and stretched and someone brings something to my attention and I'm like, I don't, I don't think I think that way, but I'm gonna dig in here a minute because you might be opening me up some, to something the Lord wants to show me. And so those people are sharpening you and we're sharpening that, each other. Um, do these people and things, do they demonstrate Galatians 5.22, which I already hit on, the fruit of the Spirit. Um, and I think that as we talk about the fruit that's displayed, I kind of want to hit on this, this idea of like, I don't know why I got on such a tangent about um, we don't talk about each other behind, you know, we don't talk about each other, we don't gossip, this type of thing. Because I think that sometimes we can define what we think are our people, and we can say things like, oh, these are my people. And then what happens when we're with our people, we all start camping around the, I want to take down this idea, or I don't like how this, they do this idea, and it's very unhealthy. And so I, I, I think like, I just felt like that whole question of what is the fruit I'm producing? I'm telling you, I feel like the Lord wants to reveal mind thought, like thought patterns and things that we've been thinking that we thought was God said blank, but really it was our people that were saying blank. And so he just wants to chop that off. And sometimes we need to prune and cut off and cut ties and shut down and shut up the things and the people that are around us that are not guiding us in truth and wisdom in love, in Christ. And so I think that that's the whole idea this morning is this idea of like the Lord really wanting us to evaluate our heart, look at ourselves, determine what fruit am I displaying because the kingdom is advancing and that is why we are here. We are here to see people saved, to see people set free. I'm not just talking about a, a one-time like salvation situation, which that's incredible. I'm talking about like what we were singing, freedom, walking out addictions, walking out mindsets, walking out all this stuff. There's so much more. There's so much more. And that is what we are called to do. Lisa was talking about this morning, talking about upper room and this remnant that we have here. And the remnant I feel 
is the people who will walk into an environment and a culture like this, and they will be stretched, and they will be challenged, and there will be confrontation, and they will allow themselves to walk that out with the Lord and with each other. And those who don't want to do that won't stay. And that's why the ones who are here are the remnant, because the Lord has moved the others on, or they chose to go elsewhere and do something else, and maybe God was in that, and maybe not, I don't know. But I'm just saying, the ones who are here, there's an opportunity for us to dig deep roots. And there's an opportunity. There are so many people in this church family that can be so valuable to your life. And... I know you have friends everywhere else, and that's amazing, but just make sure that the people that are in your life are rooted and grounded and that they're pursuing Christ, and, and the fruit that you are seeing displayed is the fruit you want in your life. Have you ever thought, why am I hanging out with them? They got a hot mess going on over there. I'm just saying... Inevitably, if we aren't careful and cautious, their hot mess, suddenly we're, look at, we look around. If we took a step back and we looked around, all of a sudden we're in a hot mess. And we didn't even realize it happened, but we were surrounding ourselves with people or things or situations, and their source wasn't Christ. Their source was something else. And then all of a sudden, now here we are. We, what we did was we grafted into that instead of be, remaining grafted in Christ. So I don't want to be mean or harsh, but I'm just saying, get yourself together. Evaluate who you're with. Evaluate what you're doing. Are you abiding in Christ for crying out loud? What are you doing every morning? In the mornings, are you worshiping? Are you praying? Is he your source? I don't have time for anything else. What I'm saying is, yes, I have to get up and make breakfast and all this other stuff. I do have time for other things. What I'm saying is, I don't want to spend my time on this person's issues and that person's issues and then find myself in a hot mess. He's my source. He's my source. And I don't know why I keep doing this, but I just think this is him. Okay? We're moving on. What I'm saying is upper room, that is the goal. Here, it's he is our source. He is the answer. Look, do you see all these papers on the walls? There's a lot of things on all of these papers. There's a lot of families that have a lot of issues. There's our city has issues, our government, our nation, the nations, our education, our government. All of these things have things. And so what are we doing? God's our source. We're abiding in him. We pray what he tells us over that. We release it. We let it go. He takes care of it. He's our source. I'm still abiding. I'm still remaining. He might bring it back to my attention. I'm going to pray about it again. All I'm saying is, this is what we're doing. We're just, we're, we're, we're not trying to just feel good. We're trying, we're just, we're just running after him. And in that, the things that display are the things that are of him. It's the fruit of him. And I'm, I, just, I, I just want you to, to evaluate your own heart and figure that out. If you want, maybe you like producing bad fruit. I don't know. But if you don't, maybe just kind of evaluate. So here's what I want to do. I feel like a lot of times I'm bossy, but at the same time, I'm just giving you a choice. It's your choice. Right, Josh? You have a choice. You can have bad fruit or good fruit. I don't know. But what I, what I want to do is I know that it's time to end, and I want to um, take five minutes. Would you guys be willing to take five minutes 
just to start allowing what's stirring in you. I think, here's what I think. I could end it right now and you could walk out the door and you would never address the things that are being brought up. Because I know as I'm talking, it's bringing stuff up in me and I know it's bringing stuff up in you. And I think we need to speak it out so that it doesn't, we don't hold, it doesn't hold us captive. We can recognize the things we need to deal with. So I'm going to take five minutes and I want you to get in a group, gather up with some people. Don't just be with just you and yourself, but gather up with some people for some accountability. Okay, go. Get in a group, get in a group, get in a group. And we're going to, I have three questions that I want you to chat about in your group. And don't text them to anybody. We're not doing that. We're just going to, I want you to talk about this in the group just to get the conversation going. And then we're just going to take the week and just abide in Christ. It's going to be amazing. Okay. Get grouped up. Here you go. Be honest, too. By the way, don't even talk. If you're not going to be honest, just don't even talk. Just be honest. All right, number one, am I displaying the fruit of the kingdom in my life? You got to start there. Am I displaying the fruit of the kingdom in my life? Number two, what might be preventing me from living fruitfully? And number three, who or what needs pruned from my heart, my life, my family, my marriage, my whatever, etc.? Okay? Go.
Don't let the Hobby Lobby music distract you. You have one minute. <laughs> Does this sound like Hobby Lobby? This is why you got to talk. You got to talk it out. I want to share the one little story just as I wrap it up about this idea of pruning. And um, I have a garden for the first time. Actually, it's not the first time. I had a garden at my old house, but I, I said this earlier. I planted the seeds, and then three months later, I would be like, did anything ever grow? And I didn't really take care of it. So this year, I have a real garden. I really took care of it. I had these beautiful zucchini plants, and they were thriving, and they were huge and tall. And one day, I noticed that because I was attending to it every day. I was going out, checking my garden, right? Checking the... And uh, I noticed that, like, some of the leaves started getting this white mold stuff on it. And it was bothering me, and I didn't know because I don't know anything about gardening. So it was kind of bothering me, but I was like, I just feel like that's probably not right. So I did a little Googling, and yes, it's a mold, and it started to take over each leaf. And as it took over one, it would move down the vine and take over the next one, and they would literally just die and crumble. And I just felt like the Lord reminded me of that story yesterday because that is what happens when we are not allowing our source to come and be the main thing and we allow other things to come in, attach themselves to us and slowly, I'm sorry to say it, but slowly kill you and take you down. And you've got to be so aware of what and who is impacting your life. And Mike just sent me this thing about that thing about Facebook. I think a lot of us know, but you know how they have the whole algorithm as you, you click on one thing and then that's the thing that kind of links to the next things you see and you just keep and so when you're, when you're linking into somebody who's got a whole lot going on, the next things you see, it's just, it's just a, a whole cycle. And that's how it is. In, when we attach ourselves to people, we tend to then attach ourselves to the next person that takes us down the slope. So, end with a verse. Psalm 1. And Amanda said it during worship. I don't know. Where'd she go? Did you remember that I said that? I don't know. Psalm 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. It right there encompasses both of the things I said. We delight ourselves in the Lord day and night, and we do not walk in step with the wicked. Those who are influencing us, taking us down a bad path, not aligned with what Christ is doing. It's, it's goodness to come, guys. It's so good. It's all good. Okay, Andrew's going to close this. He's got a good, something good to share. And then we're just going to move on. We're going to move on with our day, but we're not letting this word just go 
for nothing, right? We're going to do something with it. Could you put those questions back up there real quick? Um, as Nicole spoke this morning, like the Lord just began to highlight something to me and, and um, point something out to me. I think first, this type of self-reflection in the Holy Spirit, that is life in the Spirit. Like we have to talk to the Lord about our situation, take the moment to step back and talk to the Lord. Like, all right, how is this for me? What is this doing in my life? What is this relationship? What is time spent here? It's all about time, where your time goes. And what we're spending is producing something in us, all right? And there's a return on that investment. And so we have to begin to invest our hearts in abiding in Christ. And so, but, but there's something else that comes. So this is that self-reflection of life in the spirit and walking with the Lord, where we make decisions and change our decisions, right? We change our attitudes and actions and the things we do. We cut things off ourselves. But there's some pruning that's really hard to do to yourself, okay? There's some pruning that's really hard. There's two types of fruit that the Lord's highlighted to me over the years that are really hard to prune yourself. Okay, the first one, and this is, might be the hardest, is good fruit, See, but the beauty, here's the beauty. I want you to catch something and I'll, and I'll end with this. You're not the vin dresser. Do you understand? You are not the father. He's the one who prunes. Okay? So it's, sometimes it's easy to prune fruit that's obviously bad and moldy fruit. What happens when the Lord begins to prune good fruit out of your life? Because it happens. It absolutely happens. Some, maybe it's relationships, maybe it's ministries, maybe it's opportunities or promotions or influence in the world. And the Lord just begins to cut them out and cast them on the ground. Now, there's some beauty in that verse. I love John 15 because they don't immediately go in the fire. Sometimes they get tossed on the ground for a season to wither and die or maybe be grafted back in. Good fruit, you understand? Right? If, if we can be grafted into the tree, into the family of God, and Israel can be cut out for a season and grafted back in, those good fruits can possibly be grafted back in. But there's a difference here. There's good fruit and there's perfect fruit. See, that's what the Lord wants in us is perfected fruit. Not just good, not simply good. And so sometimes he severs and cuts out good fruit in our lives. Things that to us are good because he wants perfected fruit. He wants fruit of promise, the promised land. You understand? He wants promise, but there's sometimes a little bit of pain in the promise being fulfilled, in the waiting for the promise to be fulfilled. There's pain in waiting. There's pain in the pruning of the Lord. I can attest to it. We've been in it for 13 years not 13 years, 10 years, 2013. I, we prayed this prayer that I'm gonna ask you guys to pray. Now I'm gonna warn you, it's a dangerous prayer to pray, okay? Because when you invite the season of pruning, you don't ever get out of it. The Lord constantly prunes because he wants perfect fruit in your life. He wants to bring forth promise in your life. And in 2013, my wife and I, as a family, Lily was very little. We began to pray this, what we're gonna pray here in a second. And the Lord began to prune us. And we've been in a season of pruning ever since. And it hurts a lot, but it's worth it. The promise is worth it. So the first fruit is good fruit. Sorry, I'm taking a long time. The second fruit is fruit that looks good, but is toxic to the stomach, right? It's 
sweet to the taste, but bitter to the stomach. It looks good, but you don't realize that it's toxic. You understand? That it's been rooted in some toxic source that's uh, uh, corrupted that fruit. And so that's often the hardest to see. So it's the hardest for you to prune. You understand? And again, this could be uh, uh, friends, this could be relationships, right? This could be activities. Everything on the surface looks fine, but deep within it's, it's toxic. And so there's this issue. So we, we walked through these questions and I was sitting back there and we were doing it this morning. And I'm just like, man, I know there's things that like are in me and that I do or that I'm a part of that I know need to be pruned, but actually I'm a little bit unwilling. Have, did you guys have that? You're, you're maybe a little bit unwilling to admit it because maybe it looks fine on the surface. Maybe that relationship, maybe that friendship, maybe that thing you do on with your free time, maybe TikTok, maybe Facebook, whatever. It looks fine and okay, and you're not realizing that it's producing toxic fruit in you, and so you're unwilling to admit it. There's things in my life that I'm unwilling even now to admit, but here's the beauty. The Father is the vin dresser. He's the one who prunes it out of your life. And so, <laughs> you know, you might fear a little bit of loss of that relationship. You might fear a little bit of disconnect. You might fear sadness or depression from disconnecting from that person if it's a relationship or whatever. But there's an easy solution to both of these things that you don't know how to prune, that you're unable to prune out of your life. And it's the, the answer that Jesus says in, in, in John 15, the father is the vindresser. He's the one who cuts out. Okay, now here's the warning. I'm gonna pray, we're gonna pray a prayer and I'm gonna invite you to pray a prayer in a moment. Here's the warning. Pruning is not quick. The results don't come instantly. It takes time and it's painful when the Father prunes us. It's very painful at times, but do it anyway. Do it anyway because it's worth it. The pain of promise is worth it. One thing is needed to sit at his feet and to hear his word. One thing is needed. That's what Jesus said of Mary, right? Sit at my feet, hear my word, abide in me because the end result is worth the pain of waiting. It's worth the pruning. Let him prune you. So do it. Pray this prayer, right? This is what I'm going to say. invite the sword of God into your life. That's really scary. Invite the shears, right? The pruning shears, invite God to bring the sword that divides flesh and spirit. You understand? The sword that divides and cuts off, invite it. Invite it to do the things that you are incapable of, to, to recognize and sever the things that you don't even know need to be removed because they look good to you. So just pray with me if you're willing, and I hope you are, because again, it's worth it. So God, Father, keeper of the vineyard, shepherd of the flock, Father, we ask you, we invite you to come into our lives, into our hearts, into the hidden and darkest places of our hearts. 
As David said, search me, try me, know my secret ways, reveal my hidden faults. Lord, we invite you to bring the sword of the Lord. We invite you, bring the shears, prune away, prune away everything that hinders love. Everything that hinders abiding in the vine. Everything that produces bad fruit and unperfect fruit, even if it's good. God, remove everything from us. The things that we do not see, that we are unwilling in the little places of our heart to admit even to ourselves. God, we ask you to come and cut ties. Come and sever those things. Come, cast them off. Maybe they'll be grafted back in, maybe they won't, but we believe you are for us and not against us. You desire that we would bear much fruit in the spirit. So we invite you, Holy Spirit. We invite you, Father. We invite you, Jesus. Come and remove what hinders love. Awaken true love in us that we would abide in the vine, that we would gather oil. Refined in the fire at no cost, just sitting at your feet, hearing your word, looking at you. God, remove what hinders love. Remove what hinders love in Jesus' name. Wowzers. Sounds like a second swoop came in, right? Amen. We love you guys. Every, just so you know, everything is all out of love. I mean, I'm not saying like, you know how some people twist that and say, this is because I love you. No, this is really like purely just out of love. <sighs> so, ugh, I don't know. Do I pray again? Do I not? Oh, Jesus bless us. We love you guys. Have an amazing, amazing week. We'll see you.